Welcome back to Gritty Hope, a podcast where Gen Z meets a kind of okay boomer. My name's Katie Beth Louie, and I'm your Gen Z host for today. And I'm Steve Backus. I am your kind of okay boomer. And it's just us again. Cause yeah. Because I, I think we finished our relationship series. If something else pops mm-hmm. up, we'll talk about it. But now we're just going to kind of go back into our normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, and Katie Beth, we have people listening from far away. Wait, uh, just in just in the in the United States, want to shout out, of course, to everybody in Central Alabama. Love y'all, two hundred five. Yes, we we love you guys. Also, uh, uh, Darien, Illinois. Oh hey, Riverside, California. Hey girl, hey. Lancaster, Texas. Howdy, Racine, Washington. Hey, Phoenix of. Phoenix is staying with Phoenix. us. Thank, thank you, Phoenix. Uh, uh, Bonnie Lake, Washington. Hey. And we have some international people okay. that are listening to the podcast. Uh, Ciudad Lopez Mateos, Mexico. Ah. Thank you for being here. Pedaling Jaya, Malaysia. I don't know how to say hello in that language. And, and Singapore. Hey. And I did look up how to say thank you in in Malaysia and Singapore. It's the same okay. language. okay. Tarima Kasi. Ah, Tarima Kasi. Tarima Kasi. So thank you for listening. Also, Victoria, which is either, is that upstate Washington or Canada? Canada. Could, that's Canada. Mm-hmm. So Victoria, Canada. So, oh gosh, we'd love to get an email from you guys. I know. We would yeah. love to see what y'all have to say, what yeah. you think about it. Please send us an email at grittyhope yeah. at gmail.com. That's spelled G-R-I-T-T-Y-H-O-P-E at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Yes. We would love to hear from you. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about before the podcast. I, yes. watch, I watched America's Got Talent last night, AGT. Um, and a lot of times it got some really. <laughs> I mean, I don't really watch it. Yeah, so Because sometimes it's not. Eh, yeah, it's eh. okay. But there was, a, there was a young woman that came on there last, last night. She goes by the stage name Nightbird. Her name is Jane Mar- Marchewski. I think that's. It's not spelled that way. I think that's the correct pronunciation. Um, she has. Uh, cancer mm-hmm. and a two percent chance of survival. They told her in January that she wouldn't live six months. She's still here, and she's still going. Um, and she sung a song called "It's Okay." Yeah, that just uh, kind of ripped me out of my frame. It was so good. Uh, Simon Cowell was got, speechless. Was speechless and tearing up. Um. The words of the song say, it's okay if you're lost. We're all a little lost. Mm-hmm. That's very theological. I know. You said earlier <laughs> yeah. that she was like Episcopalian or yeah, something? Yeah, she has a very deep faith from what I have read about her so far. But some of the things that she said, now, uh, first of all, go on YouTube and find the video. Um, it is very powerful. It, like We watched it before. Yeah, it's a powerful video. So go online, go to YouTube and watch it. Jane Marchewski, Nightbird. Um Singing, I'm okay. Some of the things she said, her quotes, she's so quotable. She said, I'm so much more than the bad things that happen to me. Mm -hmm. And wow, if we could all take that message to heart. I am so much more than the bad things that happen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And she also, after the song, and Simon gave her the golden buzzer. You know, he put her right through to the finals. He was so moved. Which, hey, Simon, it was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, she, told, she said to him, you can't wait until life doesn't hurt anymore to decide to be happy. And that's what really got him. And that's what got him. He choked up and became silent when she said that. 
you can't wait until life doesn't hurt anymore to decide to be happy. And if you're familiar at all with Simon Powell, that or Cowell or however you pronounce his last name, that does not happen. That just does not happen. He very seldom ever gets emotional. Mm -hmm. But she was so authentic, and you could tell it was all coming from her heart. She said she had a 2% chance of survival, but 2% is not 0%. 2% is something, and I wish people knew how amazing it is. She has a 2% survival, a percentage of, to survive long-term, and I'm like. It's not zero. This, is, this, is, this, this young woman's message needs to, everybody, right. everybody needs to see this. Uh, I couldn't help but think of a scripture, of course. <laughs> right? as, as pastors um, want to do. Yeah. And it reminds me of what Paul told the church at Rome in chapter 8, in verses 38 and 39. He said, Neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So whatever we go through, it doesn't separate us from God. Um, and that's what it reminded me of when I watched her. But <sighs> Wow. Mm. I'm going to use that video in, in worship, <laughs> hopefully, uh, this Sunday. Um, it was good. just spoke to me so much. So, yeah. no, y'all, Steve yeah. got really like he was on fire last <laughs> Sunday. Like I, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if if you like want to see what Steve got all, you know, excited about, you can go find the church. It, church has a YouTube. Gardendale we Mount- do have a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah, Gardendale Mount Vernon United Methodist Church. We yes. have a YouTube channel. Yeah. That's changing. Mm-hmm. The name's <laughs> going to be changing soon. We've <laughs> spoken to the lawyer and trying to get our doing business as license for Hope, a community church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Spirit's leading us in a, in a different direction now. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to just have yeah. a shorter name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. To not have like yeah. Gardendale Mount Vernon United I, Methodist Church. You know, where do you go to church? We can say Hope Church. I go to yeah. Hope. I mean, I would Why sh- do you go to Hope? They give me hope. You know, that's what we want to do at church that gives hope. Yeah. You know. I'm just so used to saying, oh, yeah, I go to the church on the hill by that big ravine by the old Kmart. Yeah, it's the church across the ravine from the old Kmart. That's how everybody knows us in the community, right? <laughs> yes. Right here on Highway 31, across <laughs> the big ravine from the old Kmart. Yeah, now it's like a oh, flea market antique. It's an antique. I think it's an antique store now. You yeah, know. the old Kmart that is, not the church. Yeah, the old Kmart. Yeah, but there is a major ravine between mm-hmm. there and here. It gets bigger every year. Yeah, there's probably a message in that somewhere. There's a message in everything, though. Yeah. Right? I'm sure you could make yeah. a sermon about it. But no, Steve, just like. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the reason you know the reason the 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 direction that went was because of an email I got where somebody asked me a question. And the question was, why did Jesus hang around for 40 days after his mm-hmm. ascension? I mean, after his resurrection, before he ascended. So I approached that. And it's basically because so many of the disciples still didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Well, my uh, favorite was when my, you just chugged your respect women juice uh-huh. <laughs> during that sermon. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> well, listen, listen. The, the women were at the cross. They were at the tomb to anoint his body after the Sabbath. Where were the men? They were hiding. They were hiding. I like, yeah. <laughs> mom, like mom and I, we like we sit in like the first or second row, uh-huh. mainly because if Tyler ever preaches, I like to make funny faces at him to yeah. distract him. Yeah, but <laughs> but like yeah, mom was like they were hiding. And, they were hiding. Yeah. And then I grew up with female pastors in my life. Yeah. And so I never understood that scripture where Paul's like, I had never let women talk in church. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just grew up with women preachers, and it was like, what? 
and yeah. listening to other people be like, I don't think women should be preachers. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, <laughs> we have a very talented and gifted and graceful uh, woman pastor leading us Saturday in our prayer conference. Judy! Past, pastor, <laughs> pastor Judy Shepherd's going to lead us in an all-day prayer conference. Oh my I can't gosh. think of anybody better to do that. Oh, yeah. She is... She's amazing. I love know. her. We I ring next yeah. to her in handbells. Yeah. And we have so much fun. When Paul tells Timothy, because of specific problems Timothy was having, to tell the women to be silent. In Corinthians, Paul actually gives women the permission to speak in church as long as they have their head covered because that was a cultural thing yeah it's not a blanket Mm -hmm. statement it was a specific statement yeah yeah my personal opinion is because in some of the pagan temples there was lots of weird stuff going on yeah so he was telling the christian women not to act like (laughs) don't be like don't be like that yeah you know and that was the reason he gave timothy those instructions Mm -hmm. and actually there's like an interesting like trend happening in the catholic church right now Mm -hmm. um a lot of women are starting to veil again really yes so veiling from it's i've been seeing it all on tiktok Mm -hmm. because i'm i'm so they're veiling their faces no they're veiling their hair where were we? So what is this thing about then the the Catholic the women in the Catholic Church veiling their hair again? So, so from what I've seen on TikTok, uh-huh. um, the women veiling their hair, it was apparently it was like an old Catholic tradition, mm-hmm. like you were veiling your hair to symbolize being like the bride of Christ. Well, you know the nun yeah. most most orders of nuns do that. Yeah, they cover their hair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but like just normal women coming to mm-hmm. mass. It was like Art, an old tradition yeah. to male mm-hmm. their hair. It went out of style in the 20th century. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's like slowly making a comeback. Because a lot of times, so. Well, you know, I still yeah. I still see Catholic, uh, uh, elderly Catholic ladies, maybe in their 70s and 80s, that still cover their head. But like it's to, it's normally not done by younger generations. But, yeah, I went but to, it's coming back. Huh? Yeah, I went to a Russian Orthodox yeah. funeral a few years ago, uh-huh. and the, all the ladies were veiling, and it was, oh. Yeah, it, yeah it the Orthodox beautiful. are a whole other story. Yeah. Orthodox, yeah. completely different thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been noticing on, on TikTok that a lot of younger Catholic women, mm-hmm. or just a lot of younger people in general, we are wanting to get back to our roots. I, th- I think you're right. I see that. Now, listen, I see, I see the pendulum. It's like a pendulum of mm-hmm. uh, faith practices. It swings one way and then it swings back the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, People swing away from tradition and then they miss it. And then the pendulum goes back the other way and people want to reclaim some of the traditions that maybe they missed out on in their younger years. Yeah, because, I mean, there's also a trend right now on – not really a trend. There's just a whole Mm -hmm. community on TikTok that I'm actually Mm – I'm in that part of TikTok apparently now. Yeah. Because, listen, when you like one video on TikTok, they will literally just give you all the videos related to it. Like, yeah. it's, their algorithm is so specific. Mm-hmm. But um, there's um, the deconstructing TikTok. Mm-hmm. And that's where um, people are kind of looking at the white American evangelical church and saying, here's all the issues that, we're, that they experienced growing up. And so... They are leaving organized religion mm-hmm. because, you know, after doing scripture readings and praying and everything, it's like they're like in their areas, mm-hmm. they just can't be a part of the church. Well, there's some weird things that have happened, especially in the from the 18th, well, from the 19th century forward, last mm-hmm. 200 years mm-hmm. of Christianity. There's some weird stuff that people have been teaching that were not taught in the first 1800 years of Christianity. <laughs> dispensationalism, uh, even uh, rapture theology that's bent. 
mm-hmm. and not scriptural. Um, and and I, I don't know, I may address that on Sunday too, because I think I'm going to preach from Revelation Ooh. and Ezekiel. That'll be um, fun. And most people do not have a healthy interpretation of Revelation no, or the prophets. So I know what you're talking about. There's some weird stuff that white evangelicalism has gotten into in the last couple of hundred years. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of scholars are kind of over it. And mm-hmm. a lot of us that have been in the church, especially uh, ministers who take their study seriously, are kind of over some of that weird stuff mm-hmm. that's going on that's caused, uh, well, it's caused sexism and ageism and all kinds Ableism, of... Ableism, uh, racism, yeah, racism, all of that. it's enabled a lot of that stuff because mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just weird. Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of people my age, we're wanting, mm-hmm. we want to know the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's, and like... If you look at the scriptures, it's all over the place. Like mm-hmm. none of like, I surely I'm a normal mm-hmm. per. I'm perfectly average and mm-hmm. perfect. When I say perfectly average, I mean my. I mean I did go to private school, so I know quote unquote know a lot mm-hmm. of the scriptures. I don't know what any of them mean. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, here's so. the thing. <laughs> yeah. In, in, instead of responding to some of that weird stuff, there's an overreaction to it a lot of times and you swing back in the other direction and become so progressive that you've you've left historic Christianity behind so you have to guard against that too mm-hmm. our bishop who happens to be a woman um, often says um, let's respond not react mm-hmm. let's think about how we can respond to things not react to them and I think that's very wise yeah, I think you know my whole thing is I just want to know what it means yeah Mm-hmm. And it's hard to figure out what it means. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think we've done a good job in the church of teaching people good interpretive methods when it comes to the Scripture. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've taught them to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. No. You know, um, I think we've used Revelation as a scare tactic. Oh, definitely. You know, to scare people out of hell and into heaven. If you want to know um, more about that, we have an episode all on judgment houses. <laughs> Go yes, listen to it. Uh, if, I'm a... <laughs> That yeah, might be I, one of our recasts. I, I, got an e- I actually got an email this week. I got an email last week, mm-hmm. which which brought forth the sermon I preached Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I actually got another email yesterday, and the, the person asked me, why don't you ever preach out of Revelation? Ooh. So this Sunday I'm going to preach out of Revelation and tell them why I don't normally do it. Um. <laughs> I mean, God. You know, so. Steve, yeah. you're great. <laughs> but it's, it fits in the direction the church is going to. Right. So, you know, I can make it work. So. Yeah, I was just checking our mm-hmm. podcast email. We just literally send us an email, please. All we have are Spotify and Apple and Simplecast. Yeah, we're emails. just getting a bunch of ads in the in the in the, in the email. Hold on, I'm going to see if yeah. we've got any new Gritty, grittyhope at gmail dot com. Send us an email. Hold on, because sometimes I just like to go into the spam inbox mm-hmm. and see if we got anything good. Because I I haven't looked in there recently. I love looking at the spam. Um, <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love for you to ask us a question or, or uh, give us a review how it's, you think we're doing. It's all backtracks ads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boo. <laughs> but we thank, we thank our regular listeners and our, and our new listeners. Uh, I'm just so uh, thrilled that we've got a little international appeal going here. So. I know. Come Last back. week was a recast of James Field's interview, and if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to that, it's called Hope in Black and White. And it gained – it was the episode that gained our most – Listeners, because mm-hmm. James came and spoke to me 
back during uh, the pandemic when the race riots and all that stuff, bad stuff that was going on during mm-hmm. that. And James came and had a conversation with me, and it was phenomenal. Uh, so go back and, and listen yeah. to that one last week. And I love I love it when James comes over and speaks yes. with us. I love, I he, love talking to him. I he's do, too. Fun. He's just a great person. He's he's a beautiful human being. He's, he's a good beautiful friend. soul. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so listen to that one. That yeah, that's a good one. Every once in a while, Katie Beth and I do not get to do this weekly, so we'll throw yeah. one of those earlier podcasts up there. Yeah, and I also yeah. think it's good because sometimes, like, I'll listen to the recast mm-hmm. and think, "Oh, my opinions on this have changed," or "Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. educated. I educated myself more," mm-hmm. or "Or something's happened to change your yeah. view- viewpoint," or something like that. So I love to mm-hmm. go back and just listen and go, "That's where I was then, but now here I am. now here I am in a different place." Yes. Yeah, and it's totally okay to change your opinion on things, y'all. That's called growth. Yeah. Yeah. That's called growing in mind and spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially like if you've educated yourself, if you've, you know, or experiences that have shaped you differently. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to change sometimes. It's mm-hmm. good. Yes. It's and tough. we are so afraid of change. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, especially in the church. We, um, what, and one roles of the church is to offer comfort. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's a, crazy mixed up confusing hostile world out there Mm -hmm. you know we're dealing with a lot of junk all the time so when you come into church it it gives you a lot of comfort to come in and the pews are bolted to the floor and the pulpit's always where it has been Mm -hmm. and we say the apostles creed and we pray the lord's prayer and i sit in the pew that's got my name on it you know yeah and it brings you a lot of comfort but God didn't call us to comfort. No. You know, God called us to transformation. Mm-hmm. And transformation's hard. Oh, it is. It's yeah, so hard. It's very hard. Uh, but you always have to um, be willing to move where the Spirit takes you. Okay. But yeah, uh, change, change is hard. Yeah. You know, very hard. For everybody. But it's, it's the way we grow. Mm-hmm. You have to expand your mind, expand your thinking. And unfortunately, a lot of people get in one track thinking. In this one-track mode, and that's the only road they go down, you know. Right. And I sometimes, you know, I get really irritated. And I want to say, why don't you go read a book, you know. <laughs> go read a book. <laughs> go read a book. Something that you haven't read. Oh, my gosh. You know. I just love that. Go read a book. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> and, and, you know, and a lot of times people will um, inundate their mind and their spirit with something that enforces their prejudices. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Confirmation bias? Yeah, confirmation bias. Instead of reading something that will challenge them. Oh, yeah. And challenge the way they think. Read something that challenges you. Yeah. You know? Of course, I would suggest starting with the Bible. That will really challenge you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Now, there's been talk um, of critical race theory. Have you been hearing the stories about it? I haven't. Okay, so critical race theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars Mm -hmm. and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine the law as it intersects with issues of race and to challenge mainstream liberal approaches to racial justice. Mm -hmm. Critical Critical race theory examines social, cultural, and legal issues as they relate to race and racism. Now, best I remember, this this movement's been around for a long time. Yeah, around the 70s. I just haven't read it in a while. Mm Mm-hmm. They were, they were, uh, this was serious academic study. It was oh, not yes. just um, based on feelings. No, and this em- was and very much, very it, like. It wasn't just a, uh, it wasn't just a, 
mm-hmm. sounding box or uh, somebody getting on their soapbox yes. to, to make a speech. It was a pretty serious study. Um, so I, I tend to pay attention to people who are serious about looking at yeah, the um, sociological causes of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the article continues, uh, critical race theory is loosely unified by two common themes. First, that white supremacy with its societal or structural racism exists and maintains power through the law. Mm-hmm. And second, that transforming the relationship between law and racial power and also achieving racial emancipation and anti-subordination more broadly is possible. Mm-hmm. So... That all comes down and, to, and, and 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 as a and as a white man, as a white male, I don't I don't recognize this. I can remember when Robert Lewis came in and we spoke to mm-hmm. him, and we and we started going off into this area and talking about because I, I think I asked him the question, Robert, have you ex, have you experienced overt racism? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, this is something we live every day. Yeah, because we're black. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. You know, I, and I can't get inside his skin to see what that's like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, I mean, there are critiques of critical mm-hmm. race theory. And that's okay. Everything yeah. should be critiqued. Everything. Everything should be critiqued. That's fine. Yeah, the critics, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to give a basic summary of the critiques. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of critics argue that it relies on social constructional social constructionism it elevates storytelling over evidence and reason rejects the concept of truth and merit and opposes liberalism Mm -hmm. in my personal opinion i think that um how do you gather that evidence i know how do you how do you gather the evidence that it's based on storytelling over the facts there's a bias in evidence gathering yes um and it's been and critical race theory has been in the news recently Mm -hmm. um because it is challenging mm-hmm. how we do life. Yeah. Like, and it's challenging our society. And, you know, there are some school boards, there are some, there are even some governors who are saying that it discriminates against white people. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't. <laughs> and what it does is to me, to, to based on my reading and understanding of it, it's just challenging our current society, and it's going, hey, yeah, well, we you have know, a society that's based on white supremacy. And you wonder what the society would look like if we all looked the same. Mm-hmm. But I think Dr. Seuss had it right when he talked about the star-bellied sneeches. Mm-hmm. You know, they divided themselves up with the ones that had stars on their bellies and the ones that didn't. And then the ones who didn't have the stars yeah. got stars on their bellies. Yeah. And try, then, to try to be like them. And the yeah. ones with stars on the bellies got without. Uh-huh. And actually, it was a guy selling the machine. So you it, could. It was a guy propagating all this and selling a machine that put mm-hmm. the stars on. So it's all created. Which could really yeah. be him yeah. criticizing capitalism as well. Well, it, I think it was him criticizing a lot of things mm-hmm. that support that kind of behavior. Yeah, uh, but Dr. Seuss took it down to a basic level. If we all looked the same, and the Sneeches did, except for the stars, mm-hmm. we would still find a way to divide ourselves. Yeah, up. yeah. I think it's human nature to uh, take tribalism to an extreme. Mm-hmm. And you know. then people are also talking about the 1619 Project, mm-hmm. which um, is based off a of critical race theory. And the 1619 Project is really just talking about our history from the eyes of. Yeah, from a different perspective. Because 
you know, and some people are saying that that's racist towards mm-hmm. white people. And it's like, listen, <laughs> yeah, we're just wanting different perspectives on history. Yeah, well, let's look at it from through someone else's eyes. Yes, because yeah. if you're only looking at stuff through one perspective, mm-hmm. all you have is that one perspective. Mm-hmm. I can remember an interview. It might have been the Donahue show, which is way before your time. I don't even know what that is. Uh, he he had a talk show. He was he was like the Oprah of the seventies. Oh, okay. Don, uh, Phil Donahue was, and so he had uh, had several ethnic people representing different ethnic groups on his mm-hmm. show. He did a lot of this. It was really taboo mm-hmm. uh, back then. And he had a he had a white guy and a black guy sitting there arguing about a lot of stuff, and it got pretty heated. And the Native Americans spoke up and said. I just want to remind you guys that the ground that you stand on is not black or white. It's red. It's stolen. I'm like, I'm like ooh, and that kind of that kind of squelched the argument. Right, because you know, we are on that. stolen land. <laughs> let's, uh, so let's all look at it from let's all look at it from different viewpoints yes. and educate ourselves. I think we'll have a more humane, more compassionate, and more just society if we look at it through one another's eyes through different eyes you know yeah it's and it's the same thing with gender differences mm-hmm. let's try to look at that through yeah. someone else's eyes you know yeah, every 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 which way we divide ourselves up we you know you just want to go stop don't don't do that <laughs> yeah and a lot of um like a lot of the i'm gonna say like a lot of parents who don't like their mm-hmm. kids learning who don't want their kids learning critical race theory mm-hmm. They're like, I don't want my kid being taught that they should be ashamed for being white. And it's like, no, that's not mm-hmm. that's not it at all. Education is good. Yes. Yeah. Even if you don't agree with whatever theory is posed. Yeah. It's, it's good, good to be an educated person it's and be, good. be a critical thinker mm-hmm. and look at all sides of the story. Mm-hmm. But it's also you know? not true. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying stuff, well, I don't want my kid doing this, and it's like, that's actually not what they teach. <laughs> yeah, well, like, yeah. Propaganda is a whole other episode. Yeah, QAnon, yeah. we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. um, people dream up, what people think, oh my gosh, the conspiracy theories and all that garbage. Oh my gosh, know. we could do a whole episode on um, conspiracy you know, theories. People spend me, send me videos and stuff, and it's all conspiracy theory. I'm sorry, folks, I'm not looking at it. I won't respond if you send me something on a conspiracy theory. Especially if your video looks like it could give my computer a virus. Yeah. I'm like, come on, people, you know. I mean, we all know birds aren't real. I told you this in the first episode. Birds aren't birds real. Birds aren't real. They're those little mechanical devices. <laughs> yes. right? yeah. It's not real birds. Birds aren't real. Pigeons are just drones by the government. <laughs> Pigeons are drones put out there by the government. They're videotaping and audio recording everything we do. Yes. They're spying on us. Their poop is GPS tracking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't and, see it with a straight face. And really, the theory, some of the theories are that far out. They really are. Yeah. Yeah, because that was one of them. It really was, yes, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it's an actual conspiracy theory. Yeah, I know. We're going to change the subject to make it a little less on this. More. A little, light, little less on this edge? Okay. Yeah, we're going to go to another edge, okay. which is fat phobia. Okay. Hello. Okay, we went from first gear to second gear. Now we're going to third gear. Hello. All right. Okay. So, um <laughs> There is talk of airlines, uh-huh. you know, with everybody going back to the airports mm-hmm. and flying and everything. I'm going to be flying this fall um, for, like, just business and yeah. performing. Um, some airlines are going to be weighing their passengers. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to step on a scale. In front of God and everybody. 
Yeah. And they're going to look at your weight. And that's as far as it gets. They're like, well, we don't know what, what would happen if someone's like over the weight thing that we have or, mm-hmm. and, um, you're going to get charged extra probably. Probably. I think what this is all about is the airlines are about to go bankrupt. Oh yeah. So they're trying to find so every which trying, way to make money. They're trying to cut fuel costs. Mm hmm. You know, and of course, the more weight the plane's carrying, the more fuel it burns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you're past a certain weight, you're probably going to get financially penalized for that. Right, which yeah, which is discriminatory in itself because fat phobia know. is a thing, people. <laughs> and I was actually listening um, again to the No Fun podcast mm-hmm. um, because you know I think it's interesting. It's a good like if you're looking for pop culture mm-hmm. stuff. If you're looking to like have that feeling of you're at brunch with your best friends, mm-hmm. that is a good podcast for you. It's called the No Fun. The No Fun Podcast mm-hmm. with Carrie and Michael, and th- they actually talked about it mm-hmm. on their podcast. And I was listening to it yesterday. Oh, I hope I didn't just no, that's fine. Um, and they were talking about it yesterday on their podcast while I was packing uh, to move, and they brought it up, and they were like. Well, that's a good idea. I don't want my plane to be lopsided. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want my plane to be messed up. And <laughs> as a bigger person, yeah, I just have I just have to say, Carrie and Michael, with all the love mm-hmm. in my heart for you two, because mm-hmm. I'm already attached to y'all. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the best way I can describe it. It's like no, and based on like how they talked about it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So, I, so I, they made it a weight distribution thing, which I don't think is the issue at no, all. No, it's not an issue, but it also because the plane, the passenger planes have amazing devices yeah. to distribute weight, and the biggest weight distribution problems comes from your luggage anyway. Yeah, and you know, also that just really like goes like to me listening to them talk about it. I was like, okay, so just based on that, that told me they have never gone through life as a bigger person. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. Me as a bigger person hearing this story was like, mm-hmm. no, that's wrong. Like, I should be allowed to, you know, travel, yeah, and not mm-hmm. worry about being discriminated. I against wonder by what my that weight. weight threshold will be. I don't know. What will it be? Will it be two hundred pounds? Will it be three hundred pounds? I mean, what will it be? I, I don't know. Honestly, don't you know. But granted, if it's like a very small, mm-hmm. like twelve seater charter jet, yeah. yeah, I can understand. But not a passenger plane. No, a passenger plane. No. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> like, mm. to be honest, it's stupid. And yeah. it's wrong. And mm-hmm. it just dwells in fat phobia. And fat phobia to me is one of the last yeah. things oh, that people gosh. can Gosh, I know. There, there's a lot of things out there that uh, are discriminatory. And, uh, and, it all, and a lot of times it boils down to finances. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, that, and and they do unjust things because yeah. of financial reasons. Classism. <laughs> Classism, yeah, also. Yeah. I mean, being mm-hmm. a fat woman, I have to pay more for my clothes. Mm-hmm. I have to, I mean, I already have to pay more for stuff because I'm a lady, mm-hmm. especially with the pink tax. Well, yeah. Well, the fashion industry is, is um, targeted, targets women. Oh, yeah. The average woman is like a size 16, 18 Mm -hmm. now. And for The models are like one, two, and zero to three. Well, high fashion says that a size 10 is plus size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like an average. Right. Average person. Person. Yeah. Just going through life. 
<laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, they're just doing yeah. their thing, yeah. and they're considered plus size. And yeah. they even have, didn't, didn't they have a store at one time, and, it, and the name of the store was zero through three? Yeah. that was all the sizes they carried. Yes. <laughs> See, I have to find the big and tall Right, the big and tall stores, yeah. Stores. Yeah, go, go to Belk and say, okay, where's your big and tall section? Mm-hmm. And they usually, I found one, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to hit on Belk here, but I found one Belk store. Belk carries very nice suits oh, for do. reasonable prices. Yeah, they do. And I found one Belk store, um, and I, it wasn't LaGrange, Georgia. It was Noonan, Georgia, mm. that had a really nice big and tall men's. Oh, that's wonderful. And do you know that I still, if I want to browse, mm-hmm. that's where I go. That's oh, where yeah. I have to go. I have to drive over there. Because oh there's God. not any good big and tall sections in department stores. Right no. Now. Like, Either that or I shop online. Oh, yeah. I love but, shopping online. Yeah. But, the thing, but you don't get to try it on. You no, don't get to feel the material. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, like, our local Target, the Target in Fultondale. Mm-hmm. We're calling you out, baby. Um, their plus size section is maybe, like, one or two racks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it used to be, they would used to put it by the maternity section, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother level of messed up. <laughs> Just a whole nother level of messed up. Or Target will be like, oh, if you want extended sizes, you can go to our website. Yeah. And it's like, no, I want to be able to just walk into a store. And try on stuff. And try on stuff. Like, yeah. I shouldn't have to go through all these extra steps to try on stuff just because I'm bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Back to the airline thing. I shouldn't have to be weighed. Because mm-hmm. there's actually an airline that does that already. Mm-hmm. It, I think they're based in Haiti. Really, I think I think so. Okay. Haiti or Dominican, like somewhere in there, mm-hmm. they are um, they weigh you, and then they tell you what part of the plane to sit in. Wow! <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh! And I know some people are going to be like, "Well, you're just being too sensitive." And it's like, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't want to be weighed, especially like because I'm going to be flying during the holidays. I don't want to be. Yeah, it's an issue. It's an issue. <laughs> and so, so when I heard people who, based on how they talked about it have never gone through life as a bigger person mm-hmm. probably a couple a couple of skinny people yeah mm-hmm. or just like compared to me they're skinny mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like <laughs> stop <laughs> like with all like i mean this with all love and positivity yeah. but and and just to be honest with you it wouldn't others. it wouldn't bother me if they weighed me but I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect me the same way it affects women. Yeah. And the shame, the body shaming is not, it's usually directed toward women also. Yeah. I mean, I think the average yeah. age for the first diet now is like eight for girls. Eight. Yeah. Years old. Yes. <laughs> like I remember going yeah. to the pediatrician and the doctor showing me like a BMI chart, which mm-hmm. BMI is outdated and was used. Body mass index. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very outdated. And guess what? It was, they used the measurements for white males mm-hmm. for everybody else. For everybody else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So it doesn't work. Yeah. So that's just, it's outdated. doesn't work. I was in the military. When I was in the military, I was up for a promotion. I was five pounds overweight by their chart. Mm-hmm. But I was doing all the physical stuff, PT tests, everything. But you were pa- fine. Pass all that. I had to take that five pounds up, off before I could go before the promotion board. Because their chart said... Right, and this was this was thirty years ago right. when I was young and strong and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, okay, I'll give up cheeseburgers for a month and take the five pounds off, and then go up to the promotion board. I guess I don't know. I'm like, those charts, you know, 
one size does not fit all on those. They were charts. outdated thirty you know? years ago, yeah, Steve. They were. <laughs> like, yeah. They they were outdated yeah. when they first got created. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't work. So um, I'm so like the pediatrician showed me like a height and weight chart, mm-hmm. and they're like, "You are here," which was like over in like the red. It was red, mm-hmm. so that meant bad. They're like you're here, you need to be all the way over here. Mm-hmm. And Susan was not happy. Oh boy. Pretty much, like, don't make your kids go on a diet unless it is medically necessary for your child. Do not make your kid go on a unless diet. Unless it's medically necessary, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> a kid does not need to be worried about how many carbs are in a, bur- a piece of bread. My, like, don't. My son was a chunky baby, right? So we take him for my three for his three-month checkup. Right. And the doctor was like, you got to put this child on a diet. And my mom was with us, and she, like, went off. Oh, I bet she She's did. like, uh, no, nope. I'm going to feed that baby when that baby's hungry. When he starts walking, he'll run all that off, which he did. Yeah. But my son, my son, my son, my son, all my son's babies have been chunky babies. They've all been chunky babies. Right. You know, they're gorgeous. I love chunky you know? babies. I love <laughs> chunky babies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I think I, I get what you're saying. There's an overemphasis on this kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's probably pr- not very healthy and often destructive. Oh, it is very destructive. Yeah. Like right now um, on TikTok, trigger warning, we're going to mm-hmm. be talking about eating disorders for a hot second. On TikTok, there's like a whole community of people with eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much very old school internet, like pro-Anna, pro-B stuff. Um, and it's these people trying to be like, okay, here's how you can keep being anorexic as long as possible. Here's mm-hmm. how you can like do all this other stuff. Here's how to live. Wow. Yeah. So – these like these teenagers are finding these communities to further along their eating disorder mm-hmm. um but there's also a good community on tiktok where they're like here's how to recover here's how to start recovery and everything listen the eating disorders are no joke i i had a young lady this has been a lot of years ago too but uh, she was a brilliant young lady she's valedictorian of her class and nobody knew that she was um she had she was um what's the one where you make yourself throw up bulimia bulimia and uh, she was bulimic and until her health, until it affected her health. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad didn't know. Yeah. And she has had lifelong issues mm-hmm. with eating, It's and it's turned into um, um, substance abuse problems and mm-hmm. everything else. I mean, she's probably getting close to 40 years old now, and she's still dealing with, what the you know, the... the uh, results of all this eating disorder she had when she was a teenager yeah you know she's still dealing with that stuff so it's no joke you know? yeah because there's like this pressure to like look a certain way act a certain way be a certain way yeah mm-hmm. wear these certain styles of clothes and if you're over mm-hmm. like a single digit size you can't wear certain clothes and well, well here's the thing this this young lady was not overweight in the least mm-hmm. it was just self-esteem problems from other issues that she had that caused her to have this eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And it probably was about control. And, and when she looked in the mirror, her self-perception was just off. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just really off and destructive. Probably some body dysmorphia yeah. thrown yeah, in there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, like the... But, I mean, she's had a lifelong struggle with this. Yeah. I mean, even, like, in college, um, she's gone. She, she's retired. The, the majorette's instructor in mm-hmm. college... She would, like, she pretty much would tell certain girls to lose, like, five pounds by the end of the week. 
mm-hmm. or like just don't eat at Thanksgiving. Don't like mm-hmm. yeah. certain stuff. She would tell them to straight up not eat. Mm-hmm. And the or she would ask the athletic trainer to do that. And the athletic trainer was like, no, they're fine. Like <laughs> they are literally fine. Yeah. I am not going to do that. Isn't it, isn't it funny? When I was playing football, uh, I was one of the biggest guys on the line, and they they wanted me to drink all these protein shakes to put on even more to weight. To bulk up, yeah. Because they wanted me bulking up and getting bigger. I don't know. What's what's wrong with our culture? I mean, the yeah. girls are supposed to be stick thin. The boys are supposed to be huge and muscular. Yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah. Can't we just be regular folks? Let people just be people. Let people be people. Yeah. Let your kids be kids, man. <laughs> Like God, uh, there's so much stress put on children because their parents live through them vicariously. Oh yes, you know. And I'm like, come on, give your kids a break. And like all yeah. these kids doing like all these like academic stuff, extracurriculars, mm-hmm. and they're exhausted. Yeah, and falling asleep in school yeah. at eight in the morning because yeah. you have them out every single night doing I think, all these extra. I think some parents are so scared to death their kids are going to get into trouble mm-hmm. in parentheses trouble that. They keep them occupied from daylight till dark. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy. No, they you need can't. some downtime. They do need downtime. You need some recreation time. Turn their brains off. Turn the brain off. Yeah. Just let them. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't let them eat all the dirt. If they, if some mm-hmm. dirt ends up in their mouth, it's okay. It's all right. It's all. It's yeah. dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a dirt. If there's a worm in there, it's fine. It's extra protein. Like mm-hmm. this is that's obviously <laughs> a joke. Please do not make your kids eat dirt. But like, still, just let them be kids. Let them play in the mm-hmm. mud. Let them, mm-hmm. Because I don't think kids right now are allowed to be kids because mm-hmm. we're starting standardized testing in, like, second grade. We have mm-hmm. aptitude tests in kindergarten. Yeah. and We're measured, 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 yeah. measured, measured. Everything's a measurement. Everybody's being measured against one another. They're five. Yeah. Some of these kids are still being their pants at school. Like, it's mm-hmm. – <laughs> I don't yeah. think we should be measuring five-year-olds. Um, I mean, we've already talked about state and academic testing, but – it's well, still, yeah, like, we've talked about standardized testing before. There are issues with that. Yeah, I but, don't uh, think we should be. I don't think uh, we should have been doing standardized testing during a panorama. But, um, you know, <laughs> a panna You know, I went to high school with a kid that everybody was trying to direct toward a vocation. Yeah. Because he had bad grades. Mm-hmm. Rather than going to college. Mm-hmm. They were trying to steer him that way. And he wanted to be a doctor. Right? Okay. You know what they found out the problem was? Because this was in a day and time when this yeah. was hardly ever diagnosed yeah. or talked about. He was dyslexic. Oh, no wonder. Okay. <laughs> they didn't know what it was back then. You know? <laughs> Once he knew he was dyslexic and he found ways to work around that and deal with it, mm-hmm. guess what the guy did? He went to medical school. Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah my grandmother, actually, my dad's mom. Right. So we found out that my cousin, uh, one of my cousins, is dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Like, he... Like, for him, reading is, like, just watching a bunch mm-hmm. of spaghetti noodles move around in a pot. Yeah. That's yeah. just how his is. And then talking to my granny, she was actually, like, trying to be an RN and everything. And she was just like, I, I caught all the other classes. It was just English. And I was like, what do you mean? And mm-hmm. she said the words would, like, skip around and all the letters would get jumbled up. And then I just remember looking at her. Just me like, what? And just thinking to myself, I think my grandma's dyslexic and just doesn't know. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, but she's found workarounds because she's had to. But at the same time, it's like she went her whole life. She's gone her <laughs> whole life. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. I just remember talking to her about it because I'm very close mm-hmm. with my granny. And mm-hmm. she was, I remember her being so proud of me because 
I was doing so good on my reading and English stuff. Mm -hmm. And for her, it was like, it was her worst thing because she just could like, yep. she just had to do her thing. Well, we're winding up coming oh to the end gosh, of the podcast already? already. Yeah, we had a few phone interruptions, but we made it through. <laughs> yeah, we're okay, everybody. We appreciate our family checking on us, but we're okay. We're we are perfectly fine. Podcast, you know, <laughs> there's a little skip in the podcast that you heard along. That's what's going on. You know, yeah, so. my parents keep calling me. Yeah, that's okay. And I got a phone call from my sister. It's good. It's all cool. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's just but, really uh, funny. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. So, if you have anything to say, like questions, comments, concerns, if you just want to say hey, or if you want to just say, ew, that was gross, never do that again, please email us at grittyhope at gmail.com. That is spelled G-R-I-T-T-Y-H-O-P-E at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Gritty Hope. We have a super cool website where you can see every single one of the episodes we have ever put out into the worldwide void known as the internet. So, you can... <laughs> It's all in one place, so you can just go and click. I highly recommend recommend The Judgment House. I highly recommend James Fields. Ooh, what's one episode that you like to re-listen to? I guess those those are my two of my favorites. Really? Yeah, those yeah. are two of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. I like listening to the ones with our guests because mm-hmm. I always think they're the, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The episodes with the guest speakers are good. Yeah, you can find me and Steve on Instagram. Steve is at Back of Steve, and mine is at KatieBeth underscore Louie. And if you want to follow my teaching journey, you can also follow me at Miss Louie Teaches Music. All right. And everybody remember that Jesus loves you. And Lord knows we're trying.